0: All right, welcome to the Reformation Over Revival podcast. Uh, we're jumping into Romans chapter 10 today, so I'm excited to get into this. Uh, there's some very key instrumental things to our faith are held within Romans 10. So I want to jump into this and I hope you're ready to do it with me. As always, this is your first time joining us. Feel free to listen in, but I would encourage you to go back and listen to the other episodes, um, the introduction and then Romans 1 through 9 uh, as we lead up into this. But if you just want to listen to Romans 10, here we go. all right so um kind of the way i'm going to do romans 10 is the way that i i think i did romans maybe five or six or so or maybe a couple of them i can't remember exactly which one it was but i'm just going to read through uh it's it's short it's not very long at all so i'm going to read through it and just kind of stop at different points and talk about different things uh, as we get going and as we get into it but one thing i wanted to start with as a reminder is to remember um, that it's, it's a very helpful for us at times when reading Romans, especially as um, Christian Americans or American Christians, uh, to read the word Jews as the word Christians. Um, it's, it, there are very applicable moments throughout Uh, the book of Romans, where Paul is addressing the Jews. And in a very similar stance, the uh, American church has slid into some of the same traditions. And again, uh, I'm not just intentionally being rude about the American church and saying that every other church in every other world, um, every other country has got it right, but that is where my experience is with and what I see the most often. So that's why I'm referencing it, okay? So here we go. Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 1. Paul says, Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. I think there's a a very important point to be made um, that verse two where he says, I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. They have this, um, unembodied desire to do what god wants but they've rejected the literal embodiment of god in jesus christ and they do not know him they did not know him jesus says multiple times to his followers you know the world didn't accept me they didn't know me so don't expect them to know you and so uh, they rejected me. You know, we talked. We uh, talked about yesterday the stumbling stone of offense, the rock of offense. And so he's saying, look, they they have this desire. They're zealous for God, yet they don't have an understanding of the knowledge of Him. And now, what's cool about this point is that if you were to look. Um, At Paul's life, Paul is speaking um, in a topic that he's very um, well qualified to speak on before because before his conversion, uh, a matter of fact, Paul's um, trip to Damascus with the um, approval of the Sanhedrin was very much so based in Paul's zeal for God. So we see here in verse two, I bear with wit. I bear with. Th- Sorry, my English is horrible for I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God but not according to knowledge. So what's cool about Paul's experience is that Paul has walked in both of these things. He's walked in um, a zeal for God, and then he now has a knowledge of God through Christ. And so Paul's zeal was leading him to murder Christians, was leading him to... Stone and hold the coats as they stoned Stephen and the other followers of the way of Jesus. So Paul has lived this life driven by zeal for God, but with no knowledge, but he has also now exemplified and is teaching this life full of the knowledge of God. Let's go down to verse eight where it says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which you have believed or which we preach. Some say one, some say the other. That if you confess with your mouth, this is verse nine, the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now this is beautiful. This is brilliantly good news for us. Um, This is kind of the uh, way that Paul is putting forward. The way of salvation, and it was something that's very important to understand in Romans 10, and where we're going to kind of camp out for a minute because I think this is very important. Um, It's important to look, and right here in Romans 10, we really are going to find the importance of context, the importance of what Paul is saying, the importance of the original uh, text and language this was written in, and as Uh, English-speaking people, I've done a very poor job of speaking English on this episode so far, but as English-speaking people, it's important for us to understand English is a horrible language for translating the Bible. There are so many times where the... um, fullness of the message being preached is so lost and so skewed and so blurred. um, And really, we we just kind of flippantly throw teachings around based off of our English interpretation that have way more meat to them uh, in the original text. And I think this is one of those places. um, From my study in the Greek uh, and the original um, meaning of some of these words. Uh, it's, it's very interesting to me, uh, the context and the understanding of Romans chapter 10 verses eight through really 11, I guess you could say. So looking at it this way, it says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. All right. Then, then this is the word he's saying the word that we preach. And then he's about to tell you the word that, that he preaches. Verse nine, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now that word confession, that word confession is a um, literal meaning of like someone giving a testimony. I'm confessing this, I am admitting to this, I'm saying yes, I did this. And something that I think is important is that we look at what we are confessing. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Okay, well, what does Lord mean? It means ruler. It means he's in charge. It means he's the owner. It means he calls the shots. It means I submit to him. Okay, And something that I think we've done in the church for a long time that we have to stop doing, that I think we have to be more intentional about the reality of um, what we are walking in as believers, what we're walking in as followers of Christ, is that when we confess with our mouth, it has to be a true confession, meaning this, I have to be confessing to something that I actually am living. I can't confess Jesus is Lord as I'm pursuing myself and my own fleshly desires as proving that I am the Lord of my own life. So my confession has to be a true confession. It can't just be And this is the example that I've used before. If um, there's a murder that takes place and I watched or I, I know someone who watched it happen. I wasn't there. I didn't see it with my own eyes, but I know someone who was there who I trust. And that person tells me that it happened. And so I believe that it happened Uh, historically. I go, yeah, that happened and then I sit before a jury and I give confession to that murder like I was actually there when I wasn't there, it doesn't matter how many details I can tell about it that are true. If I haven't seen it with my own eyes, I'm a false witness. Now this goes back to where Paul says in verse 2, for I bear um, them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. So we can find ourselves in the very same place our zeal can cause us to confess things we've not yet seen i hope that makes sense and so then we have to make sure that as we're confessing jesus is lord that it's coming from a place in our hearts that we're saying jesus I want you to be my Lord. I want you to rule my life. I want to live in the way of Jesus. I want to follow you. I want to do what you did. I want to live how you lived. I want to love how you loved. You are my Lord. Then I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord. And then I come to the second part. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Now, this is interesting to me, and I love this aspect of it because we have to understand and I'm so glad this is why I would advocate for you to have already listened to uh, Romans 1 through 9 episodes before you listen to this because what I'm about to say is going to make more sense if you have listened to those. Paul is saying that you have to believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead after he's already given you romans particularly 5 6 7 and 8 where he has explained what it really means for you that god raised jesus from the dead He's explaining what it really, 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 really means that God genuinely raised Jesus from the dead. And again, in this belief, that word believe is the word "pisteu." I'm probably pronouncing that horribly, but that's the Greek word. And it has the same root as the word pistis, which means faith. And anytime you see the word believe in the New Testament, it means this, to have faith in. And so when, when um, uh, Paul is talking about how we receive this righteousness because of faith, then when he's saying you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, then he's saying you have faith, and that word heart is the word cardia, and it can be translated as the central part of you, the, the center of you, the focal point of your life. So when it has become central to who you are, your faith that God raised Jesus from the dead, which we know because of 5, 6, 7, and 8... Specifically, that if God raised Jesus from the dead, it means that I, too, have been raised to newness of life. Because I already died with him, now I've been raised with him. So this confession that Jesus is my Lord and this believing in my heart that God raised him from the dead, this is basically me uh, confessing openly and then deciding inwardly that the life of Christ will be the life of Jonah. Or the life of christ will be the life of you the life of christ will be the way that i move and breathe and live and like paul says it's in him that i have my being that is the confession of salvation that is what we're to be doing, not this massive cattle call, altar call, where a bunch of random people get guilt-tripped into giving their life to Jesus so they don't burn in hell, and they come up and they say this repeat-after-me prayer. They've never really known Jesus. That We might be introducing them into zeal for God, but it's not according to knowledge, quoting verse 2 there. So that is what we really have to begin to look at as we and this is not to make it harder to be a Christian. This is not to try to make to condemn you. This is try to encourage you to look at your life. This is something that I've been doing daily is sitting and thinking about who I am in Christ. What decisions did I make today that Christ would not have made? What choices did I make today that Jesus probably would have made the opposite or at least something a little bit different? What did I do today that would look like Jesus is not my Lord? And then I begin to eradicate those things from my life by implicating spiritual disciplines or by, you know, um, community and friendship and confessing those things to my accountability and my community and just doing these different things that I'm looking at my life and I'm saying okay that thing shouldn't be there that thing doesn't look like someone who would confess Jesus as Lord and believes in their heart that they're a new creation because God raised Jesus from the dead so then what I begin to do is go that is who I that is who my heart desires to be that is what my heart desires And yes, right now, I might not have seen an exact replication in my action of what my heart desires. But my word, I'm going to begin to take steps that align my actions with my heart's desire. It's when we deny that and we never try to align our actions or try is the wrong word. We never train ourselves in godliness so that our actions align with our heart's desires that I really start to doubt our heart's desires, if that makes sense. So let's move on. Let's move on. Romans 10, 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him who they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. I want to encourage you to preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Now, the word good things, the idea of glad tidings, those things have been skewed in our modern society because we live in this please me, make me happy, do what I want. If it doesn't feel comfortable and good and easy, I'm going to reject it and get rid of it. We live in that kind of an environment. And so what... Um, peace what glad tidings and what good things i'm quoting verse 15 here what that means in today's society and the culture around me is something uh, very different than what the gospel means of that and so what i have to do is is decide that i'm going to live um, believe eat sleep and be dedicated to truth truth in love not truth that just spits it out and doesn't care how it's received but truth that fights for and this is let me rephrase how i'm going to say this my goal is to lead as many people to jesus as possible And so when I am delivering the message, I'm not going to water it down. I'm not going to make it less than what it is, because if I want to lead people to Jesus, I have to give them the truth of Jesus. Now, in the same regard, Jesus didn't come punching and screaming at people. Jesus didn't come condemning everyone to hell on the street corner. Jesus came not to destroy the world, but that through him the world might be saved. And so we have to really ask ourselves this question, is my life proclaiming the gospel of peace which brings glad tidings of good news? Does my life look like glad tidings of good news? And that doesn't mean that I never walk through suffering. This is the beautiful part of being a believer to me. Is that it's not that I never walk through suffering it's that I can walk through the same suffering as someone who doesn't know Jesus and their life will be full of pain and sorrow and heartbreak and my life will be full of the gospel of peace which brings glad tidings of good things because I know Jesus so as I walk through suffering I count it all as not even worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed So, I'll move on to verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I think this is twofold. It's that there should be reading of scripture, there should be meditation on scripture, So that as i read the word i'm literally reading the words of god to me i'm reading the words of god to his people i'm reading the words of god the the reality of jesus the teachings of jesus i'm reading these things and they're becoming alive in me and it's causing something new to happen and as i read and as i hear i hear more and as i begin to listen to what i hear i hear even more and then there's also I believe an element of uh, sitting and listening in prayer to the Lord, not just declaring what I need, but listening to him. And so faith comes as I hear him. Faith comes as I press into him, whether that be through prayer or through the word, through however the Lord is speaking. Whatever that is, faith is built when the, the reality of God comes and, dre- and rests and dwells in the, the habitation of humanity. And so when, when I am hearing God clearly, then my faith is boosted, my faith is increased because I'm willing to do the things he tells me to do when I know that he's told me to do them. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's go down to verse 20. But Isaiah is very bold. And he says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. This is, uh, he's referencing the Gentile church, the Gentiles, us, me and you um, being brought into Christ. And he says, but to Israel, he says, all day long, I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. Again, this, I think, is a very scary place where we could read in the word Christian instead of Israel, Um, but I think it might be a necessary place where we could say, but to the Christian church, but to the Christians in Georgia, but to the Christians in California, but to the Christians in Michigan, but to the Christians in your hometown, but to the Christians in your household, all day long I have stretched out my hand to a disobedient and contrary people. And we have to constantly be searching within ourselves what parts of me are disobedient and contrary to Christ. Eliminate those things, remove those things. I do not want the neglect of Jesus, the the inability to notice him the inability to hear him the inability to have my faith built by who he is and what he's speaking i do not want to be a disobedient and contrary person so i hope that's given you some things to think about Uh, i hope that you get a lot out of romans 10. Uh, it's a beautiful um, addition to our study so far and so i would encourage you continuing your reading. Uh, If you're behind, catch up. It's not too much. Just pause, read what you can, listen to what you can, and uh, be encouraged to just walk with Jesus through the word um, with us as we study and do this together. Thank you for joining. Have an awesome day.